1: Classification documents skewed all over the country, popping up everywhere. And Davos is next week. Here are some panels worth looking out for we're going to talk about today on the show. This is the Propaganda Report's drive-time news blast, late-night news blast today. I'm Brad Binkley. Joining me is Cam Harless. Cam, how you doing? I'm
2: doing all right. I have a wicked cough, and I'm so excited to find out that Anthony Fauci is going to enter the Marvel Cinematic Universe soon. But other than that, you know, I did a show tonight that was pretty good. We talked about demons. That's great. You talked about
1: Anthony Fauci. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I talk about is just Anthony Fauci in different ways. All the. Are, time. are you being serious about Anthony Fauci entering the Marvel universe? Because I would totally believe that. Well, I, I would say
2: yes, but in reality, I'm actually just telling you that Modok from Marvel uh, is is going to be in Ant Man three.
1: Oh and yeah, we have that picture. That uh, that art that Stella created of yeah. Fauci as Modoc, which was fantastic. <laughs> I'll have to find that and put it in the show notes. All right, so there's been just nothing but really obnoxious, annoying news, kind of like usual. And the story today, the top story anyway, on all the networks, really covering the same thing, is that two sets of classified documents now, from when President Biden was vice president, have been discovered triggering an investigation into the handling of the records. Attorney General Garland announced yesterday that he is appointing Robert Hur as special counsel to lead the investigation into Biden's potential mishandling of classified documents. The first set of documents were found in early November Before the midterms, of course, we didn't hear about them until this week, and they were found at Biden's office at the Penn Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, which is a foreign policy think tank at the University of Pennsylvania, and they were in a manila envelope marked personal, which is interesting, and the second set of documents were found in a storage space in Biden's garage at his house in Delaware, and that was in December, which we heard about those today. So some of the documents are appa- apparently include U.S. intelligence materials related to Ukraine, Iran, and, and U.K. And Hunter Biden, according to statements from Joe himself, seems to potentially have had access to the garage where the documents were. Maybe Hunter himself appears in some of those documents. Who knows? But what we have here is dueling investigations going on Into Trump and Biden, both potentially 2024 presidential candidates, on the mishandling of of classified documents, and then a third investigation into the son of one of these guys. It's just, it's comical at this point. I I don't care about the whole classification of, uh, or the, the documents being there. At this point, it'd be surprising if anyone who's been in Washington doesn't have like a stack of classified documents just somewhere under their bed or, you know, in their personal belongings. It's like they have a stack of them at the White House, and they just say, hey, take a stack of classified documents on your way out, thank you. Because it, you had Hillary, it's just, at this point, it's just getting stupider and, and stupider, but it, it did lead to the media reacting initially in a very predictable way, with the theme of their reactions being that Trump has something to hide, he's a liar, obviously, yes. while Biden just made a silly mistake. And the, right. basically that sentence was stated on multiple networks, and... They even did this. Let me show you this comparative chart, which I thought. I thought this just cracked me up of how stupid and just mm-hmm. ah, – I almost said elementary like I'm uh, – what's his name? What? Uh, Sherlock Holmes? Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I'm not Sherlock Holmes at all. But here is this – there we go. So take a look at this on screen. Th- this is – a the chart that CNN had up while they were discussing what was going on. Maybe make that a little bit bigger for you guys. Okay, it, it says it's a big bold heading that says classified documents found and then it's split in the middle and on the left side if you're looking at it is Joe Biden, on the right side is Trump. Of course, Joe Biden's image looks like a a nice old man smile while Trump has the smile where he looks like he's about to try and have sex with your daughter or something with a smirk on his face. So they always make sure and represent Trump a little more evil than they, than they do Biden these thing, in these things. And under Joe Biden, it says 10, 10 total documents. And then on Trump's side, it says at least 325 total documents. This was made, by the way, before the second batch of documents was found. So And then under Joe, it says some top secret And then under Trump, it says 60 top secret, which correct me if I'm wrong. Is that not also some top secret? It is. In fact, based
2: on the numbers with just not even doing any of the math, really just looking at it, I can tell you that the ratio of top secret to not top secret, Trump is winning. His is much less top secret by if you do it in you know
1: clearly you know mathematically and you can tell you can tell by the, the the smirk he has on his face and then under biden it says cooperating you know because he's cooperating and then trump's side it says under investigation for obstruction of course now biden is also under investigation so they have to throw this chart out create <laughs> a new one and then under biden the fourth one says lawyers found and alerted archives And under Trump, it says archives first reached out to Trump lawyers. Oh, so Biden came forward with it. Let's let's keep in mind that Biden has had these documents since Obama was president. So so
2: that's what's funny, because I heard some people on TikTok like legitimately go, hey, hey, this is different because Joe Biden's older. He He may be a little bit more confused. He's not as blah, blah, blah. But Trump knew better. And it's like he was younger than Trump, I'm pretty
1: sure oh when yeah at the time it. It, yeah but yeah and just the fact that they keep saying oh they're cooperating they're handing everything over they're being transparent no clearly they weren't being transparent because they found them in november and in december and they didn't say anything until this week i think this whole thing's an operation I, anyway i, I don't I, I don't think that this is like an accident where What's they the happen point to of it I, I have i have an idea of of what it might be um so after they found the second batch, the media on the left started getting a little bit more critical of Joe. They couldn't make some of the same arguments uh, as they had been making. And, you know, let me let me play you a clip of Biden reacting to being questioned about the documents. I think it was from Fox's Peter Doocy. And then I'll tell you what my thoughts are on what might be going on here. Okay, there's, I mean, there's a couple things that could be going on, but... I think it could be. I think it could be something that we've been talking about for a while now. Let me share this on screen with you. Now, Peter is kind of a douche, but this is all theater. I get it. But sometimes it can be a little entertaining. I'm telling you, they
2: just... When are they going to start throwing... Just let me ask. When are they going to start throwing out the smears against Kamala or start throwing her under the bus very publicly so they can choose their next contender for 2024?
1: Well, they'll have to wait till she becomes president when Biden steps down here in a few months. Huh. And that's a little hint on where I, I think, think this might be going. That, <laughs> here, is, that. here is the here's Biden being asked about the documents. Mr. President, Mr. President,
2: classified
0: material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking?
3: Let me uh, look right Chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people—and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously.
1: Yeah, do do I we know that? I also said
3: we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process. My lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night.
1: Dis- I wonder if anybody checked his ass, because there's no telling where these things could be hiding when you have Hunter Biden in your family.
3: discovered a small number of documents of classified markings in storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden. And th- this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately cl- uh, uh, no- notified. And uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm Thank confident. You Thank you very much. Thank you. And It's just walking off stage.
2: The first lady. What did he say right there before he walked out? That was the first lady.
1: Hold on a second, take that back a minute. How's
0: the first lady, How's the first lady?
3: She's doing really well. She uh um she was under a long time. Who
1: is this guy wearing a scarf? <laughs> Asking about how the first lady is while he's avoiding this question. This guy just looks, looks like you. a douchebag.
2: Yeah, but look at the guy next to him who is very clearly either Grima Wormtongue from Lord of the Rings or, <laughs> um, what's that, Peter Pettigrew, uh, Wormtail from Harry Potter. Depending on your fantasy preferences, that's the same dude right there. Yeah, look at he him. looks like he
1: wants to get back to his Game of Sims on PlayStation. <laughs> <to me. laughs>
2: he, he wants All to go right. get, he wants to get back to his, his, my little pony marathon is what Probably. that dude wants to do
3: uh, for five hours, because what they were doing is they take out, would do the MOS, meaning remove what they thought might be cancerous and they'd have and go back and test it and see what it was, but she's doing really well. She's up. We had a, uh, we had breakfast this morning. She's uh, she's recovering. Um, and she's going to be sore for a while because of the work they did on her eyes. And uh, but, you know, that's where one, one of these, uh, these were, but she is a zero a zero to one percent chance of ever return of any cancer, and so thank God she's doing really well. Thank you for asking.
1: Well, I didn't know that she was getting a procedure done. She had two cancerous lesions removed, and you know maybe they found some classified documents that they got out of there too. I, I don't know. Everybody yeah. has classified documents in, in this world right now. I, I'm glad she's okay though. I'm definitely glad she's okay. But so I, I've. For like a long time, I've theorized that since the Davos May of last year and their whole trust building exercise they were trying to do, I've theorized that after the midterms, the media is going to start being critical of Biden. Specifically, I was thinking it was going to be Hunter Biden and they were going to crack down on it and pretend to be the ones who exposed the corruption of Hunter Biden and ended up pressuring Joe Biden to end up stepping down. And then the mainstream media could say, we are the truth seekers. You can trust us. We pushed out the corruption. I think that that could be what's going on here. I think that's one angle that could be going on here where they see this opportunity. They have the Hunter Biden investigation. Now they can investigate this and they can then usher in Kamala as the first black female president. And they can say claim victory for it. And also, so like... The Democrats have been saying that Trump should be disqualified for running for president because of his classified documents investigation. Well, if they can put Biden in the spotlight for the same thing and condemn him and and force him to do something, maybe push him out, get him to resign, then that makes it far easier for them to turn around and say Trump should be disqualified if Biden had to step down for the same thing. Yeah. that's one angle. another angle is that they're just burying it. They're just normalizing the fact that all of these people have classified documents in every orifice of their body.
2: <laughs> yeah, I I don't like i'm 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 now at this point after watching Kamala speak about Ukraine and do all these other things and see how much everyone hates her. Like I saw a an interview between a leftist like a leftist guy. And he was asking questions and he asked a
1: Are they, girl, I mean
2: they. A girl who, who she liked. And she, and she was like, oh, yeah, I like Kamala Harris. And he goes, why? And he goes, because she's black. And that was the only thing that she said. But it's like, I've not heard anyone say anything good about her in like a, a hot minute. I think they're pushing her to the side either to make her a little less hot and a little bit more, a little better looking before they push him out or Really, I just think that they want to find a new, a brand new ticket across the board in 2024, and they're trying to just make him as foolish, look as foolish and as old as possible before they get to that point.
1: That's a possibility too. They might not push him out over this. I I think it is possible that they do though, because they can have that first that intersectional president, which is something they can celebrate because that goes with the World Economic Forum inclusive. I hope they do
2: that just so that we can always point it out that she didn't win. She was never elected.
1: Right. Yeah. I'd say what I always wanted Trump to do on his last day as president. I wanted him to say, I'd like to announce that I identify as a black woman and I'm honored to have been the first black female president of the United States. Because what can they do? They can't criticize somebody who's just expressing their true inner self. Obviously, that's transphobic. Yeah, clearly. So, (laughs) this, I I thought about this earlier this week that maybe this was going on because another one of these incidents happened where he's done this a number of times. It's almost like predictive programming, getting us ready to call Kamala president. He calls her president in this short clip (laughs) you're about to see. And I want you to also look at Kamala's face. And if you're watching a video, anytime now in the future pay attention to kamala when she's behind biden she seems to be more consciously trying to put on professional presidential face like like really trying to do the tight lip, jaw serious face like she's doing here
3: for the thousands of miles to get to the united states then we're going to legally cross the border they're going to drop us in the desert and we're facing we don't speak the language won't that be fun i'm not being facetious well, President Harris led this effort, led this effort to make things better in the
1: country. And she's shaking her head. Yes. Yes, I did. From which yeah. are leaving. So, yeah, he's done that. But the timing of it, it's just interesting coming with all that. Maybe it's nothing, just him being senile, but he he, seem, he seems to think of her as president. You know, yeah.
2: uh, Cornelius Wolfshirt said she's looking more like a dude every day.
1: She really does. And, yeah, and she really honest, does look more like a dude.
2: I've never been attracted to her. Like I just uh, yeah, don't, right. I don't I don't I don't get that. Yeah. Like her whole deal. But I, well, I she did think, she
1: did have a few uh, relationships with some people in power on her way up. So
2: Yeah. All I'm saying is I, when I saw it, I didn't I didn't think dude, but I did say she is looking less attractive, and I'm not even attracted to her.
1: She's looking more capable of growing a penis every <laughs> single day. Okay. Davos is next week the World Economic Forum's annual Circle J with Klaus Schwab and whoever he invites. And I was looking through the program to see what discussions they were going to be having or sessions as they call them and who's going to be attending. And and I have a handful here that after uh, one quick glance that I think might be worth paying attention to. And uh, let me go through some of those for you. We'll see see if you have any thoughts on The title of this year's annual meeting is Cooperation in a Fragmented World. And the description says the world today is at a critical inflection point. I need, to, I need to practice my Klaus voice so I can read this stuff in his voice. The twin triggers of the COVID-19 pandemic and the war in Ukraine rattled an already brittle global system. Economic growth in the world's largest economies is stalling while navigating headwinds from rising food and energy prices. For the first time since the 70s, the world is uh, facing a precarious disequilibrium with growth and inflation moving in opposite directions. This occurring alongside the heightened geoeconomic fragmentation, financial sector vulnerabilities including stretched asset prices and high-level debt, and a climate crisis spiraling out of control. Wait a minute. Oh, that's right. Climate's always spiraling, uh, which oh, could absolutely. magnify any growth s- uh, slowdown, particularly in emerging markets. And then it says, unless these systematic and or systemic and interconnected risks are addressed, the promise of a decade of action may become a decade of uncertainty and fragility. Th- these, Then it goes on to talk about against this backdrop, what they're going to do, the public-private partnerships and everything. Th- they just sit up there on their little castles in the sky and construct these little narratives that they plot out beforehand – and then so they can insert themselves to try and shape things, the, the solutions of them, the way they predetermined when they try to to plan the whole thing out. It's just a bunch of nonsense. This stuff. Oh, dead it! Where'd that go?
2: I don't know, but I, I I heard the phrase inflection point, and I'm like, now I know that this is a math term, but this sounds like they're trying to lean into science fiction, and futurism that, <laughs> somehow.
1: Well, there's a lot of science fiction going on in Recycuted some
2: speculative fiction. Do what? Better. I said, or speculative fiction, rather.
1: Speculative or or predictive or whatever they try to do. So, in no particular order here, the ones that kind of caught my attention scrolling through here, uh, disrupting distrust. So, I always talk about how the theme of last year was we need to rebuild trust in the institutions that control society. Like, 13, 14 panel discussions. One of the first ones, which is going to be on the 17th, and the description is trust is at the heart of meaningful multi-stakeholder cooperation. Now stakeholder cooperation is this idea of stakeholder capitalism, which is communism basically yeah. to, to put it short and it opposes capitalism. And they say trust at the heart of meaningful stakeholder c- cooperation and is essential for making progress on current on the current crisis. Yet levels of distrust are higher than ever. And this this is what I talk about a lot. In one of the panel discussions last year, all these elites, they say, they're like, elites of the world are more together than we ever have been before. Yet the publics of the world distrust us more than they ever have been before, which obviously. So they hate it. They hate that we distrust them, which is why they want to classify anybody who's like protesting against their agenda as like right right wing extremists, Trumpism spread worldwide, stuff like that. And then the description says that how are civil society leaders working with businesses and government to advance social integration, public action, and effective multi-stakeholder collaboration? So this is this is about that ESG, the diversity, inclusion, DSI stuff that a lot of these companies are doing now. I don't recognize – there's a New York Times editor that's going to be on this panel, uh, the United Way worldwide president. I don't recognize any of these other names here. Oh. Moving on there's okay the next one (laughs) the clear and present danger of disinformation scary scary stuff how can the public regulators and social media companies better collaborate so how can they all collaborate together to tackle disinformation as information pollution spreads at unprecedented speed And so how can basically what the fbi (laughs) and twitter has been doing that we've learned through the twitter files how can they better do that And speakers at this one of note: Brian Stelter, probably his first appearance at Davos, and they have him listed as a fellow media and democracy, Harvard Kennedy School of Government guy. So, making an appearance over there at Davos, I I told you when Stelter got fired or whatever, whatever from CNN, he was getting a promotion because he was going to continue doing the same work with students. With multiple minds. In outside of the people would be
2: calling him fat in
1: public. Totally. Yeah, he, we wouldn't be getting criticized. And the same thing with Fauci if he ever gets out of the, the public light. And like, I don't know. I don't want to leave though. Do- I want to be interviewed all the time. Next one is America Unbound. And the description here is what can we expect from a reshaped legislative landscape in the United States as it relates to domestic and foreign policy? That interests me because I'm wondering what they mean by that a reshaped legis- legislative landscape. And it also interests me because if you're from Georgia, Brian Kemp is going to be there. The governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, he talks like this and he declared Georgia football national championship day, a holiday in the state of Georgia because he cares more about the Bulldogs and he rocks around barking than he does governing. He's going to be at Davos. This is going to be the stupidest sounding person at Davos you've ever heard. Stacey Abrams, arch rival. It's really, I've talked about it. they're more, they're like one and the same, basically, two sides of the same coin. So he, he, he like ran, he didn't use Trump. So he like didn't support Trump in his election denialism, as they like to call it, questioning the election. And so that's why he is getting these opportunities here. Is yep. He's playing ball with them. Another one state of the pandemic. How what the pandemic? World- I know exactly. That's why it caught my attention too. How can the world shift its COVID-19 strategy from pandemic response to endemic management and close the persistent gaps in access to diagnostics, therapeutics, and health services? So yeah, they're still talking about the pandemic there. And speaking of the future, how to build a metaverse for all. We thought the metaverse was maybe fading, but Davos... Still has their eyes on it. It's going to be a conference uh, that will announce the first and long-awaited outputs of the defining and building the metaverse initiative. Anticipated briefing paper on interoperability, that's across data platforms, I think, in the metaverse from the governance track of the project and demystifying the consumer metaverse from the value creation track. These two briefings the first in each work stream series will serve as the foremost publications involving this amount of research. The number of stakeholders from diverse industries, which is, uh, they have like 120 business partners in on the initiative. So, World Economic Forum is starting and launching an initiative for the metaverse. I wonder if they're sure. in cooperation or competition with Meta. They <laughs> could call it the Klausverse, maybe. Welcome to the Klausverse. Welcome. They're v- okay. well, coming. Next one. Germans. Countering threats in the age of black swans.
2: Black swans. I
1: know. Why it got to be black swans? As Christ. black sw- swan events proliferate, threats that were once considered outliers are becoming commonplace. This is compounded by a wide range of actors with access to sophisticated technology and weaponry, as well as an ever-increasing capacity to spread information. How can we begin to predict the unpredictable and mitigating and countering security threats from black swan events. So predictive behavioral programming type stuff is what I kind of got out of that. And then another one on tackling harm in the digital era is very similar to the disinformation one, except I don't think they have Brian Stelter speaking. So it's not going to be as interesting then 100 days to the vaccine to 100 days to outrace the next vaccine. It's a panel discussion that is all about creating a vaccine in a hundred days, which jeez, no, thank you. Totally. But that makes me think like, so that might be one of the agendas of what warp speed was is they're oh, practicing God. their ability to more and more rapidly pump something out. They can just get in people's arms. And the only person who I recognize speaking here is the, CEO of Pfizer, Albert B O U R L A. I don't know. How to say his last name. And also Tony Blair. I Thank goodness I think he's back. Him? Yeah, Tony Blair's back again. They all show up at Davos. And just the title of this one is just like authoritarian. In the name of national security, you know, because anytime you want to violate the Constitution, you just do it in the name of national security. That's how it always yeah. works. Best way so to ha- do it. How can we ensure that the ever-expanding domain of dual-use technologies, services, and products does not stifle human progress? And Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, will be speaking at that one. Also, the CEO of Gecko Robotics, whatever that is, and the head of CloudFare. Finally, investigating the universe. Many mysteries related to the structure of the universe and its evolution remain. The director of CERN, is going to be there unraveling how investigating the universe at the, uh, and how investigating the universe at the most fundamental level drives technological innovation and fosters collaboration. I just, anything that CERN's involved in, I want to watch (laughs) because you know, they're like smashing particles, creating black holes. Just creepy. Do you think that there's multi universes because of CERN or at all? Nah. No, no. it'd be weird to about yourself.
2: I think that uh, what I do think we have multiple dimensions. And I think that most of what we talk about when we think of parallel universes and stuff is ju- just this, just a diff- uh, dimension off from Mars.
1: Yeah. Some people think that every choice or every thought, one way we, we could go this way or go that way, opens up another parallel universe. I think
2: those are possibilities, but I don't think that they're.
1: What do you think? No. How how would you respond to meeting yourself? think you would like yourself. You
2: mean af- Do you mean after the sex? Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, well, I <yeah. laughs> just
1: wouldn't be able to think until you got that out of the way. Are you kidding me? I would hate me. <laughs> God, this guy? Ugh. I guess it would depend on how other me was doing. How do you, you mean? Know? Well, if he's like filthy rich, I'd be like, God, dude, give me some effing money. <laughs> you know, I'm tell me you. what you did. <laughs> yes, just give me money. I'm you. You have enough of it. Yeah, I mean, come on. And then if he was like in bad shape, I would probably be like, I'd probably, I'd probably be sad for him.
2: I'd still tell him to shut. I'd still tell other me to shut up.
1: No, I would be like, dude, I'm super annoying, and you need to stop. <laughs> Go away from me. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another one that that piqued my interest. It is called Finding the Right Balance. Hold on, my screen's messed up here. Finding the right balance for crypto. The boom and bust in the crypto markets compounded by the dynamic volatility in 2022 has left many with questions about the future of black innovation. What would it take to craft sufficiently robust regulation to realize the benefits of digital currencies while ensuring positive macro and social and societal outcomes? Which is kind of like, you know... What everybody's really been anticipating with the whole crypto thing is how the World Economic Forum and all of them are are going to attempt to take it over. And I think it was by crashing it. Yeah. That's what it seems like, especially when you look at that FTF stuff. It it would be hilarious if they had Sam Bankman Fried as one of the speakers, but they don't. Wouldn't this be great?
2: (laughs) (laughs) A little autistic dweeb. Yeah. Great.
1: There's a guy named Klaus Knott, K L A A S K N O T, who's a. Central bank president of the Netherlands that will be speaking.
2: I was about to ask if he was like Nordic or something, because that's a
1: very Nordic spelling. Yeah, it is. I think that. Oh, press comp new frontiers of diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's some more that's just like another way of saying ESG, even though that stuff sucks and it fails and people are pushing back. They're still trying to push it. And finally, ready for brain transparency? Question mark. That's the name of a panel discussion. And it says, the promise of neurotechnology to improve lives and to gain insight into the human brain is growing. How can we uphold data privacy and personal freedom as we make strides towards a world of brain transparency? And the chief executive of the Atlantic, a propaganda organization, is going to be speaking there, as well as a professor of law and philosophy at Duke. So I don't know why they're the experts on that, but there it is. So that's the panel. There's many more panels that might be interesting. That was just my first glance. I watch most of those when those come up because you hate they're yourself? really – Yeah, I hate myself, and I, I hope that I'm somehow forcing my other self to watch it too, to torture. <laughs> that son of a bitch. There's usually a few gems in some of these, and you can see the, the process of this stuff – attempting to be to pu- be pushed down on societies. Like a lot of the stuff we heard in the previous Davos, especially May, we then later heard Joe Biden just repeating verbatim. Yeah. And so you can kind of get a sense of, of where that agenda is headed with some of it. And it, it, they're also just like comic book villains, the way they carry themselves. Like It's almost where you start to think they do it on purpose because they know we think that.
2: <laughs> I mean, his name is Klaus Schwab.
1: Right, like, like I, can you imagine, has Klaus Schwab ever been in, like, a, a public coffee shop? Like, can you imagine walking in your local Starbucks and going, oh, that's Klaus Schwab. Do you think that's ever happened to anybody? <laughs> or does coffee I mean, I just think, come to him?
2: I think the only people who know who he is outside of the elites are, like, us people. Right,
1: like, people God. don't, they don't know who he is, and he's just... He's a comic book film. They should cast him in, along with Fauci, they should cast him in the next Marvel Universe film. (laughs) Okay, where are we at here? All right, so I'm going to do one more thing here and then we'll go to the XR where, in the XR, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to play, there's a trailer, there's a new horror movie about COVID that's coming out and I'm interested to watch the trailer. Is it Jordan
2: Jordan Peele? Did he do it? I hope
1: so. Did you see his last movie? What was it called? nope yeah yeah you didn't see it you nope you didn't see nope right
2: i I saw not see
1: it and it was terrible yeah i thought it was it didn't make it's just it had potential but it didn't make any sense it It, didn't it looked like so
2: here's my problem i saw like the trailer and when it's super clear to me that you're using that you shot in daylight and used a filter a night filter to pretend it was nighttime when you were shooting and I can tell, I don't want to watch your dumb movie. Yeah. Because it's going to bother me the whole time.
1: Right. Well, what bothers me is that the plot made absolutely no sense. (laughs) Completely 100%. So, yeah. And that he ruined the Twilight Zone when when they remodernized it and made it woke. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I watched it. It was awful. They even digitally put in the guy who did the original one. What's his name? I Rod Sterling. Yeah, Rod Sterling. Right. Yeah. Okay so what I'm going to play for you before we do that and if you want to join us in the XR where we, we will continue the conversation and have a handful of links we might go through and have a little fun with then you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report rockfin.com slash propaganda report propreport.com, or locals.com slash propaganda report any of our subscriber platforms uh, on Patreon you will get this show the DMB along with the subscriber only portion you'll get it ad free it take the ads out of the DMB put it together with the XR and goes into a private RSS feed you can put into any podcast player you want that's how I support the show and you can also help the show out by leaving uh, a nice review five star review with a nice comment that uplifts Cam and I know Cam says leave mean comments don't leave mean comments. I don't like it. It, it, I, I need the I need the nice things to help boost motivation and, and I saw a comment the other day that said it was very nice it was like but it was very specifically responding to this request and I appreciate that kind of thing that helps keep me going Did it
2: end with insulting me? they're not no, listening. No, it didn't end with the... insulting
1: you, Cam. Because it, it does not need to insult you. You don't. I'm
2: just saying they're not really listening if they don't insult me at the end. Come on,
1: that's not true, Cam. That's not true at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I'm going to play you. I haven't even watched all of this yet. I've only, I've only caught a little bit of it. I, I I watched part of the the clips from the Golden Globes, which is like the stupidest <laughs> thing on earth. We had the Davos Circle J last week or next week, and we had the uh, the Golden Globes Circle J. Yeah, I saw something
2: about someone at the, and I was
1: like, no one, no one watched any of these freaking movies. Shut up. Yeah, I've never even heard of any of the movies they had. All right. So here is the most disappointing person, especially when you like his early movies ever. Look at his face. It's Sean Penn. Sean Penn having a Sean Penn looking face where he's very distressed about world problems.
2: He's looking very Sean Pensive right now.
1: (laughs) Yes, he is. And he's introducing a guest that they're having speak at the Golden Globes. And I won't ruin the surprise.
0: I'm privileged to be here tonight and proud that the leadership of the Hollywood foreign press has seen fit to encourage that those highest aspirations of film should share this stage tonight with a very real world example that which inspires film's creation from the otherworldly courage of young Iranians rising up. Can you hear that okay? Yeah, yeah. I just hate him. (laughs) To the ever persevering women's movement of Afghanistan. We are reminded in no uncertain terms that the freedom to dream is not simply a human luxury, but rather a human need that must be fought and sacrificed for. If the freedom to dream were a spear, I proudly present a human being who tonight represents that spear's most honed tip. That's the oh my-
1: stupidest analogy God, I wanted- that I've ever heard. Stella, the write his name on the list spear. now. I don't don't think she's here in the chats. I think she'll probably have to watch later. We got... Who else we got? Cornelius Wolfshirt. What do you think of Sean Penn? The expression on his face right now. looks. It looks meme-worthy to me. Very pensive, very emotional. This is an acting performance. And he is introducing...
4: Ladies and gentlemen.
1: Oh my gosh, it's Vladimir Zelensky. Who knew? Ladies and gentlemen. I think I can do a a Zelensky now. i got to listen to him more. Ladies and gentlemen.
4: Participants of the 80s Golden Globe Award ceremony. The award was won at a special time. The Second World War wasn't over yet, but the tide was turned. All knew who would win. There were still battles and tears ahead. It was then when the Golden Globe Award appeared to honor best performers of 1943. It is now 2023. The war in Ukraine is not over yet, but the tide is turning and it is already clear who will win. There were still battles and tears ahead. But now I yes, can definitely tell you who was the best in the previous year. It was you, the free people of the free world those who united around the support of the free ukrainian people in our common struggle for freedom democracy for the right to live to love to give birth no matter who you are no matter where you are from no matter who you are with the struggle for the right of the new generations to know about the war only from movies the first world war claimed millions of the second world war claimed tens of millions of them there will be no third world war it is not a trilogy ukraine will stop the russian aggression on our land we will make it together with a whole free world and i hope that all of you will be with us on the victorious day the day of our victory slava
1: Sorry, Ukrainian. and Just for those who are just listening, in case you were curious, he's wearing this time a army green sweatshirt, and he's in a room where everything is green. The chairs are green, the light behind him has a green lampshade, there's green on the wall, and it's probably a set at the White House for all we know. This is like the worst dude. He's talking about this in terms of film and movies. It would not be a trilogy. The World Authority will not happen. <laughs> uh, I, I just, who, who gets excited when that guy comes on screen? I feel like Sean Penn was standing on the edge of the stage with that sad, angry look he had on his face, looking out at the crowd, and anybody who didn't shout and clap when Zelensky came up on screen, he was having security escort them out. You get out of the Golden Globes if you do not support Volodymyr Zelensky. I mean, this is just so, it's to the point of where it's just cringeworthy. I mean, Imagine it's hard walking to take around
2: with that voice.
1: He sounds like, yeah, I know, it's weird, man. So he talks in. He sounds like an old woman who smoked her entire life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he sounds kind of like a villain, too. He sounds like, not, like it's not even real, you know? Like I can't imagine communicating with a person like that. Just to, I would like to order coffee. If you could give me cream and two scoops of sugar, and I would just be like, "What are you a real individual?" It just feel like he's got some sort of voice changer thing going on there. Maybe he, maybe he's really so. British. So. Ugh, that's worse. That's worse. A British Vladimir Zelensky. <laughs> I well let's. Mm.
2: I won't even get into it. I, I hate the Royals so much. Oh, my God.
1: Cornelius Wolfshirt says that greenwashing, and that's definitely, that was a greenwash little video there. So what do you think about, was it uh, Meghan Markle's um, wife and all the interviews she's been giving about her frostbite penis?
2: I, <laughs> I did hear a clip of that, but someone someone said to me, oh, did you hear what... Prince Harry had to say about blah blah blah. And I was like, I have never cared for my entire life what any royal has ever thought or said in any way whatsoever. And I'm sure as hell not gonna start today.
1: So not even if his penis was frostbite.
2: I I, he apparently used like lip gloss that his mom used on his on his dingus
1: or something. I'll have to
2: send you the that clip. I'll have to send you the, the clip I found. Okay yeah let me see well, i'll, I'll to let see me see, find a
1: clip of him talking about it
2: i'll yeah, see if i can, can find it. it real quick
1: <clears throat> all right well you look for that and if you can find it we'll play it and the xr he actually did like a 30 minute interview with colbert the other day too colbert is just such a shill it's disgusting but we'll continue the conversation we'll play that movie trailer maybe we'll play some of these prince frostbite penis clips if we find them who knows We'll see what happens. If you want to join us in that, patreon.com slash propaganda report, rockfin.com slash propaganda report, properport.locals.com. You can also check out the website at propagandafight.com. Cam, anywhere you want to direct people, what's your Twitter handle? I think your microphone's off.
2: Uh, my Twitter handle is at hamcarless. If you'd like to get a Binkley Harless 2024 shirt and support our presidential run, you can go to binkleyharless2024.com and blacktankclub.com yes. If you'd like to join the, the black tank club, that's all I got for you.
1: Check it out. Cornelius Wolfshirt says that Zelensky sounds like a combination of, uh, it sounds like and Fauci's love child. Uh, that's a, that's a fantastic. Yeah. I think that's exactly what it is. And you can find me at, at freedom radio on Twitter. Well, talk to you next time. Thank you guys for watching. Have a fantastic rest of your day.